Hey everyone, this is Megan. I am just stopping in really quick at the beginning here to say we know this is late and we are so sorry due to life and technical issues. Um, this episode is coming a little bit late into your feed. Uh, so Welcome to Book Horde. I'm Megan. Hello. <laughs> I'm Denise. And today is our mini episode where I tell Denise and all of you a, about a book I've read. Woo! I like these because I don't have to read the book. I just listen. Yeah, but sometimes you have to listen about blue aliens with ridges on their pee Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Ridges still triggers me <laughs> when I see the word. Well, luckily for you today, that is not what I'm going to tell you about. Um, I am going to tell you about a lovely book called Anatomy, A Love Story. I've seen this cover a lot. I thought it looked really pretty, but every time I looked at the description, I was like, this doesn't vibe with me <laughs> um it is by dana schwartz who is actually the podcast host of a podcast that i love called noble blood where she discusses oh, really? uh Sick. interesting parts of history uh hence why this is a historical fiction mm. kind of mixed in with fantasy uh -huh. which you don't realize until the end but, um, either way, Anatomy. either way, um, the, uh, summary of the book is a gothic tale full of mystery and romance. Uh, Hazel Sinet yeah, no. is a lady who wants to be a surgeon more than she wants to marry. Uh, Jack Kerr is a resurrection man who's just trying to survive in a city where it's too easy to die. When the two of them have a chance encounter outside the Royal Edinburgh Anatomist Society, Hazel thinks nothing of it at first, but after she gets kicked out of the renowned surgeon Dr. Beecham's lectures for being the wrong gender, she realizes her new acquaintance might be more helpful than she first thought. Because Hazel has made a deal with Dr. Beecham, if she can pass the medical examination on her own, he will allow her to continue her medical career. Without official lessons, though, Hazel will need more than just her books. She'll need corpses to study. Luckily, she made the acquaintance of someone who digs them up for a living. <laughs> but Jack has his own problems. Strange men have been skulking around the cemeteries, his friends are disappearing off the streets, and the dreaded Roman fever, which wiped out thousands a few years ago, is back with a vengeance. Nobody important cares until Hazel. Now Hazel and Jack must work together to uncover, uncover the secret buried not just in unmarked graves, 
but in the very heart of Edinburgh society. So, um... What a whopper. What a whopper. This caught my attention because, uh, history, uh, it sounds like mystery as well. Um, and I love a good story about a girl who, uh, wants to do, uh, dirty work like surgery. Uh, it reminds me of, uh, one of the books that got me back into reading, uh, which is Stalking Back Jack the Ripper. Uh, which I loved. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I, oh yeah, I remember you really liked stalk, er, Stalking Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, it it seems interesting, it, like, the, especially the second half of the summary, I think that's where I was like, ooh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. The fact that, the fact that he's, um, I'm assuming, right? The love interest is the guy who's digging up corpses. Yeah. Uh, brand new sentence. Hello. <laughs> um, that seems interesting. Um, that's cool. I'm interested to hear what the fuck happens. Yeah. And, and the fantasy element that you're saying is incorporated at least at the end or subtly throughout the book? Um, it's throughout the book because... Um... I found out that this is kind of like an alternative history. Um, so one thing, okay, so the book starts out with um, these two men who are digging up a corpse only to be um, only to be found by these like creepy guys. Who then try to um, kidnap them both, and they are able to get one of them, and um, they like take his arm and open it up and like fill a vial with his blood, and so that's how it opens. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, sus. <laughs> yes. And so another thing I love about this book, too, is um, it definitely has, like, a Frankenstein-type vibe to it. And, the like, uh, the opening quote, to examine the cause of life, you must first have recourse to death, which comes from hmm. Frankenstein by Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley. So... That was the prologue, and then we go on to meet um, our girl, uh, Hazel Sinet, who I adore because she's a fucking weirdo. Uh, um, <laughs> Much love there. <laughs> she, so we open up to her, actually, she has this dead frog, and she... Um, like, she found it I while she like was on a walk, and she picked it up, and she saw that, like, um, this, and she saw that it was going to be raining that day, so she takes the frog and, like, gets these metal tongs, and she goes to, like, I'm like, the, where this is going. Yeah, she, like, goes to, like, the, uh, her room and, like, the balcony there, and, puts these metal tongs in the frog 
trying to reanimate it, like trying to like doing these experiments on it. Um, ah, yes, that's how I spend my Thursday afternoons. <laughs> and uh, like the frog, because of the electricity in the air, the frog like kind of like jiggles. I don't know how else to describe it. Like. Mm. Like, moves a little bit, but it doesn't come back to life or anything. Like, it stops after that. Um, and Hazel comes from a wealthy family. Um, her father is a... Her father is um, in the military and is gone pretty much the whole book. Uh, but her mother and little brother live in the mansion with her. Um, Hmm. and her little brother, like, her mom basically almost completely ignores Hazel. Um, she only worries about Hazel getting married, uh, and then she completely babies Percy. Anytime that she thinks Percy might get sick, she, like, runs off with him to bath or someplace that will have cleaner air or something. Um, and that's because, uh... The oldest son, George, um, he actually died about a year-ish ago, I think. Um, maybe before mm-hmm. that. But he and um, Hazel both got Roman fever. And think of Roman fever like the plague. Yeah. Um, and he died while Hazel survived. And her mother never really that's, got over that. That's rough. Yeah. And so, um, every time there's... So it's, mm-hmm. to clarify, so there's three kids, right? Um, one died of Roman fever, mm-hmm. then there's the one that gets babied, and then there's the main character whose name Hazel. is, once again, Hazel. Okay, cool. Um, so another thing that's really cool about this book is that every time there's a new chapter, you kind of get, like, these in-between notes about something in this world. Um, so this one is from, like, Dr. Beecham's Treatise on Anatomy or the Prevention and Cure of Modern Diseases. And it talks about the Roman fever, Plaga Romanus. Uh, It first reveals itself through symptoms of boils on the patient's back. Within two days, the boils begin to burst, staining the back of the patient's shirts with blood. Hence, I know, right? Hence the name Roman fever for the resemblance of several stab wounds on the back of Julius Caesar. Uh, other is, symptoms include black gums, lethargy, decreased urination, and aches. Colloquial name for the diseases, uh, Roman sickness, the boils, bricklayer's fever, fever, the red death. Almost always fatal, an outbreak centered in Edinburgh occurred in the summer of 1815, claiming over 5,000 souls. Though the survival rate is dismal, those who do prevail retain immune, immunity. There is no known cure. So while this is a fake disease, um, it is based off of um, plagues and diseases that we have had in history, uh, which is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so that's really cool that she does that. Uh, Dr. Beecham is actually uh, a famous doctor in Edinburgh who, like, has started, um, like, surgery schools. And, like, he's re- he ha- comes from, like, a famous doctor family. Um, his great-grandfather mm-hmm. wrote, like, one of the first, like, anatomy books and stuff like that. Um, so, 
it's um it's a really interesting world that like it actually took me a while to realize that it's not actually like our historically known Edinburgh like there is some differences in it uh so it is historical fiction uh well I mean it was always historical so fiction like, but takes, it's like yeah it, it takes it has more fiction in it than I thought um like, she takes historic, she takes creative liberties yeah. instead of, like, having to adhere to our timeline. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'll just add some shit. Yes, exactly. That's sick. I like that. When I read historical fiction, I do like that because then they're not, like, having to stick to what's actually happened. They'll be like, oh, there was this big event that happened, mm-hmm. this big plague. I think that's always cool. Yeah. So the next person we meet is this guy named Bernard. Um, he is the fiance's, I mean, he is the, he is Hazel's fiance without actually being her fiance yet. Like, (laughs) um, it's pretty much. Promise. Yeah, it's pretty much just been like a known thing that they were going to become engaged, um, like by both the families. Like, they're just like, it's going to happen. Um, he just hasn't popped the question yet. Um, and he is. He's interesting. He's kind of like a daddy's boy. Um, <laughs> he likes things clean and tidy. And he doesn't really get Hazel. Like, she will say weird things to him. And she does not hide the fact that she wants to be a surgeon from him. Which I find, like, really interesting. Like, she will straight up say, like, I want to be a surgeon. And he doesn't really deny her that. Like... He doesn't... He's just like, okay, anyway. Yeah, he just doesn't take it seriously, you know what I mean? Like, he's just like, oh, okay, like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, he's like, okay, yeah, you'll do that. Mm -hmm. You know, like, he doesn't straight up be like, no wife of mine is going to be a surgeon. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, okay, Mm -hmm. can we talk about anything else? Yeah. So, um, Hazel decides that she wants to start going to these lectures being given by Dr. Beecham. And so she dresses like a boy, and she calls herself George after her deceased brother, um, and starts going to these Aww. lectures. Yeah, it's really cute. And she starts going to but these like, lectures. But, like, also, every time they say her name, they're saying her dead brother's name. That's also, like, really sad. <laughs> I know. It's, like, a different level of she's the man. <laughs> And um, she starts going to these lectures, and she starts learning, and she becomes, like, the best one in the class, too. Uh, And that doesn't go over very well with a few of the people. Uh, You'll get some bullies in there. People? Yeah. Or men. (laughs) Uh, uh, You get some bullies in there. And also, the guy who is actually doing the lectures isn't Dr. Beecham. It is his protege, a man named Dr. Strain, who is a dick. And that's all you need to know about him. <laughs> okay. And um, he, does, he like, immediately does not like Hazel slash George for some reason. And does what he can to make things harder for her. Until he finds out that she is a female and immediately kicks her out. Like, immediately kicks her out of the lecture. She's not allowed in there. Um, Bug. Which, like, sucks. 
And while all that, while she's doing that, we meet Jack Kerr, who is the Resurrection Man, and who, those of you that don't know, Resurrection Man is uh, a grave digger. Uh, and he, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, I didn't fucking. Oh, okay. Thank well, you. he is a grave digger, and so he would dig graves and bring bodies to like places like Doctor Beecham's and hospital, like mm. uh, schools for doctors mm. for money um, for them to do mm. testing on them. Essentially, yeah. yeah, because the best way to learn is by working on dead bodies. But like, they weren't getting enough bodies the legal way. <laughs> so, so he's like he's he's the middleman yeah. who's like I have a body for you and the doctors are like no, no questions exactly. asked exactly okay. no questions asked here's the money yeah um and yeah. the fresher the better as well which also like I know right <laughs> um which also puts some danger to that too because uh you're more likely to get caught um family members like and this is something that actually like happened in the past. Um, family members would actually, like, have people watch their loved one's graves for a couple of days afterwards, uh, Mm -hmm. until the body started to decompose enough that, like, obviously, like, it would be useless to grave robbers, you know? Mm. Well, not grave robbers. He wasn't a grave robber. He was a grave digger. Grave robbers don't care how fresh you were. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I imagine it's also, like, like... Oh, I don't know how this person died, but here's their here's their body. Mm-hmm. I imagine I know I can't think of the name of the serial killers, but I'm pretty sure I remember reading a case of serial killers that actually killed people mm-hmm. and then sold their bodies to to hospitals and like like doctor schools. Oh yeah, so that they could have that money. Yeah, you know what I I'm know talking, what about, talking right? about, right? Yeah, they were the I think they were the ones that had like a basement type thing oh, where like God, people would stay it? at their hotel. And then they would, like, take the bodies downwards through, like, a creepy-ass hole. I know exactly. You know what I'm talking about? You're getting them... That's all I thought. No, you're getting them mixed up with um, H. H. Holmes or whatever his name is. Um, I don't remember. But I know exactly who you're talking about. I've, so many that... I know there was one, and I remember them talking about how, like, what they would do with the bodies is, like, they would just sell them. Yeah. Be- because legit, they wouldn't ask questions. They'd be like, okay, you got a body? Sick. Yes. Oh, God, what is their name? This is going to drive me crazy. <laughs> Damn it, I thought you would know, Megan. I know. I listened to a whole podcast about it, and I cannot, for the life of me, remember the names. But, yeah, it was these two guys. They partnered up, and basically they would um, take... They would trick um, homeless people into their home, get them drunk, and kill them, and then sell their bodies. Yeah. Oh damn! Yeah, I'm probably mixing them up because in my head it was like a a, like a man and a woman. (laughs) No. With like a creepy ass hotel. Yeah, I'm mixing them up. The creepy ass hotel was H. H. Holmes. That was H. H. Holmes. Was there a woman involved? Not so much the killings, but... Alright, either way, don't distract me. Anyways. <laughs> Stop distracting <laughs> me with true crime with when you true know crime. that's what I love. Um, <laughs> so we meet Jack Kerr. Uh, he's poor and he makes money. Um, he does odd jobs. Uh, he's... 
working and living in the theater in Edinburgh right now. Um, and to make ends meet, he's also um, a grave digger. Uh, when we meet him, he's in love with this one girl, but she's in love with someone else. And um, we find out from him that, like, people are, like, friends of his are, like, disappearing. And it's only the, it's only really poor people. It's poor, like, the marginalized. So the only ones noticing are the poor people, and they're the only ones caring. And they're worried that it is the Roman fever happening again, but um, because it's not affecting the upper class, uh, no one's really doing anything. So as always, as as history shows, yeah, <laughs> if it affects the poor people, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> so Jack and Hazel have this little meet cute, and when she finds out what he does, she among all the death I and know. murder, is a meet oh girl, it gets you just wait. Um, they have a little meet cute, and she hires him to bring her dead bodies. Um. And so, what a romance! One of the problems he has, though, is it's a two-person job. It's not a one-person job because you need someone to be the lookout as well as to help you, um, as well as to help you, um, like carry the body and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, they get this. Um, so she starts going with him to get the bodies, and they start hanging out, and they start falling in love, and I wasn't a big fan of the romance, romance, because it did feel a little insta-lovey some, at some points, mm. um, but they were both so fucking weird, it was cute as well, uh, they end up, like, in this open grave that they had just dug, uh, to hide from someone who came into the cemetery. And they were close and, like, you know, like, you know, it was that, it was that trope of, like, you're hiding from someone and, like, your bodies are so close and then you kiss. But in a cemetery? But in a grave, an open grave. (laughs) Like... It was like weird. I want to see the movie adaptation. I know I see how they was, fucking do it. It was cute because it was so weird. <laughs> um, so they're falling in love, and on top of working on dead bodies, um, they're also she's also helping out the poor. So in the basement slash dungeon of her mansion, she starts. Um, she basically opens up her own little, like, medical practice because uh, the girl that, um, the girl that Jack was in love with before, um, finds him because she's not feeling well. And she wanted to know if, like, he could help her, like, find someone who could help her. So he brings her to Hazel, and 
at first you think maybe she's prego because she has um she has not had her monthlies in a while. Her, sorry, her monthlies is what they call them. She hasn't had her period in a while. <laughs> um, and uh, I thought it was a cute term. I was like, that's cute. I know. Sorry. <laughs> I just call it the blood moon. <laughs> um, she hasn't had her monthlies in a while. And she's not pregnant because she's like, I haven't been with anyone. Like, I can't be pregnant. And at first I was like, oh my god, was she raped? Because I think she's actually working for Bernard's family now. And mm. I was like, oh my god, what if she's pregnant with Bernard's kid? Uh, but she's not. She's not even pregnant. Um, so she opens a medical practice. And um, that was her first, like, that's how she's, like, practicing medicine. Um, and... One of the times that she and Jack went um, on a little adventure, they came across, like, this um, flower that's kind of like a weed. Think like a dandelion in our world um, that poor people used, mm. like, that poor people used a lot for, like, random things uh, just because it was a free resource for them. Um, and... Like, they even used it, like, in, like, their um, home remedies for stuff. And so when Hazel starts getting um, people with Roman fever, she actually starts treating them with this concoction that she made of that flower. Because uh, she's, like, trying to see mm. if she can cure. And while it's not... No way! While it's not curing people... They are... Treating them? It's treating them. They're not dying. Like, they're staying alive. Um, so hmm. she actually writes to Dr. Beecham about this. Uh, and Beecham is like, you gotta stop this. Like, you have, like... What? People have tried these things and nothing worked. Like, he's, like, very discouraging to her. Um, so... And he actually... To this disease right? that is killing so many. And he actually, like tells her she needs to stop because like this could do more harm than good and she considers it and she does stop for a little bit but when she does the people are getting worse and they're like begging her for her help so she starts giving it to them again so like it's mm. it is treating them not curing them but it is treating them um so oh and i totally missed the part where um after she gets she got kicked out of the lectures, by the way. She goes to Dr. Beecham, and she is like, I want to be a surgeon. And he's like, a lady surgeon? That would be interesting. Ho, ho, ho. And they make a bet about... Um, they make a bet about if... Um, if she can pass, like, the surgeon exam uh, that's coming up, then she can come back and, like, kill teacher and she can become a surgeon. Like, basically, you know what I mean? So they make that mm -hmm. bet, uh, which is why, like, she has to work on the bodies and all that stuff. Um, so, like, she still has, like, like some sort of motive for doing it in her yeah. own time, too. Not just, like, her own curiosity, yeah. but also, like, she, like there to is a herself motive. to yeah. the doctor. Because she wants Sick. to be a surgeon. Um, I mean, it's dumb that she couldn't just attend the school, but, like... 
it's cool. It's good to see that there is some option for her. Yeah. And being able to go back. Yes. So one day, um, a boy shows up to um her like medical facility and his name is Monroe and he and Jack actually know each other. They used to um do grave digging together, but then he was one of the ones that disappeared. But he came oh. back with an oh. arm missing. Like, he's back with a missing arm. <laughs> Did he get caught and they cut his limb off? Well, yeah. So, he was... So, he says he was digging, and as he was digging, like, this person just, like, appears. And... Like... They... The guy, like, takes him and... um puts him in this building with a golden plaque on the door and he could smell like sawdust on the floor. There was, he said, I remember a theater with rows of benches and everything and sawdust on the floor. I could smell that. Couldn't mistake it for the world. What does that sound like to you? Like he got put like in a medical lecture. Right. Right. So, um, that's when, like, we get our first hints of, like, where these people are, like, disappearing to. And so he gets, like, something put over his face. Like, he gets, um, uh, like, morphine, basically. Uh, their version mm. of morphine, which hasn't really been... Yeah, put under. Yeah. And, um, he got out and his arm was lifting, like, was missing, and he wakes up again, and he is um, at the hospital, and he's stuck in a cot, and, um, like, they kept him at the hospital, and he, they tried to tell, like, he tried to tell him, like, tell them what happened, but they didn't believe it. And one of the things that's happening is... Um, in this world, we find out that, like, they've figured out how to... Okay, so, one of the... When we first meet Bernard at his family, the fiancé, who's not quite a fiancé yet, um, his father is having his... Like, they have a poor guy in their house. And this dentist mm-hmm. that, not the dentist, <laughs> right? Uh, that Dr. Strain, who is the protege of Beecham, the asshole, he's at their house. And that's how he recognizes Hazel later on and figures out that she's the girl. Um, but he's pulling teeth out of this poor guy and then putting it in the father's mouth. So they're not creating, oh, right? They're not creating straight up dent. Like they don't have straight up dentures. Like in this world, you can take the teeth out of someone and put it in someone else's mouth and have it be their teeth. I don't know if it's worse to take it from a live person or a dead person. Well, no, dead person. Definitely. Definitely dead person. <laughs> well, like at least the guy gets compensated, but, also- but not probably not enough. But, um, this is... And taking advantage of the poor. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, 
so with his arm missing, like we start to realize maybe it's not just teeth that they figured out to replace here. Yeah. So, um, organs, yeah, limbs. So they figure out like where he's being taken, and they go and they, um, they break into the surgery to watch it, and they actually watch as um, a surgery is being done. A, um, what they're doing is Strain and Beecham are. Having these poor people kidnapped, brought to the surgery, where a rich person is also there, and they take whatever it is from the poor person that the rich person needs, and it attaches it to the rich person. That's insane. Like, that's what they've been doing. That is insane. I mean, but also, like, it's not even, like you said, that one guy who disappeared and was, like, missing a limb. That that sounded like it wasn't even consensual. Like, he just got kidnapped, it's not too, consensual. right? All the poor so, people are, yeah. like, are, like, kidnapped victims. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, it's still bad either way. But, like, they're literally just, like, woken up. They wake up and they are missing something. Mm-hmm. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. So, you think that's the worst of it. <laughs> what? And so they leave, right? They leave the... There's um, more. There's more. So they leave there, and they're like, holy shit, what did we just see? Not realizing that Dr. Beecham had seen them, like, while he was there. Like, he figured out they were there. So, mm-hmm. um, when they split up, Jack actually gets taken in by the police and he's being charged with the murders of some of the people who were kidnapped. And then what? yeah. And then Strain is also arrested uh for how, like because basically it's like they're saying Jack killed the people, brought him to Strain so he could do like these illegal what whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And Hazel is like freaking out. She is trying to get Jack free because back then, like, you know, Jack is gonna be hung, hanged. Sorry. Uh, for those of you that don't know, when you are hanging a person, the past tense is hanged, not hung. Um, <laughs> you only Listen, you only use. I mix them up all the time. <laughs> I'll be you only use hung when you are it's inanimate objects. When it's people being hanged, it's hanged. English teacher moment. So <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um she wants to save Jack's life. So she actually is going through like the anatomy book that Beecham's um grandfather had written. And she figures out something. So she goes to Beecham and she's like, so when were you going to tell people that you figured out immortality? And you find out that Beecham isn't the great grandson of that Beecham. He is still that Beecham. He figured out immortality 
And part of the immortality, it, part of the tonic comes from the flowers that she was using, hence why he didn't want her to use it. Because he doesn't want people to, like, figure out his um, tonic. What kind of Mexican gothic bullshit? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and, um... So he doesn't age or anything like that. And he also, like, apparently, like, stab wounds, strangulation, gunshots, like, those don't kill him as well. Like, um... He's like, I, he's like, I guess, like, if you, like, chopped me up limb from limb, maybe that would work. But obviously, I haven't tried that. Um, but, like, the other things he's like, tried, didn't work. And so he doesn't want to be found out. What a, what a boss move, though. <laughs> can you imagine, like, to be in a position like that? Like, yeah, you can fucking try, but... It won't work. I've tried it already. Mm-hmm. Like, damn. <laughs> so, he so he wants to stay alive because he wants to continue to, like, work on medicine, like, figure out these medical breakthroughs, like, hence, like, these surgeries and stuff like that, uh, which is why he's having strain go down for him and Jack as well. And, um... Uh... They, so he actually offers Hazel a vial of the tonic, and it was the vial that he offered his wife, uh, because he did, like, in his, like, beginning life, (laughs) uh, have a wife and children, but obviously, like, they grew old and died, and he wanted- Give him the fucking tonic. (laughs) He, well, he tried to give his wife one, and she wouldn't take it. Um, so he said, fuck my kid. I guess, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And so... Damn, imagine. Right? Imagine finding that out about your parents. Where it's like, why didn't you offer it to me? Right? (laughs) And then being like, well, I thought about immortality and having my children there with me. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a very good life. Mm -hmm. So he... Yeah, it's crazy. What a dick. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Um, and so he offers it to her, and he's like, "I'm like, I'll offer this to you because, like, he still has respect for her." And he's like, "You know, in a hundred years, maybe a woman surgeon won't be seem so crazy." Like he's basically being like, "You have an out here. Like I'm giving you an out. Like I'm." Except they're giving this to you. So she... He knows what she wants the most and is like, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, this will help you get there. Yeah. So she takes the vial, but she doesn't drink it. What she does is she goes to the prison and she gives it to Jack. And she tells Jack, like, and she tells Jack what it is. And she's like, you have to take it because he's going to be hanged. Um, And she doesn't Mm -hmm. want him to be um, and he's like, would you take it if you were me? And she's like, please, like, you have to take it. Like, you have, like, so you can live and be with me. We'll run away to the continent and we can start over. And, um, he was, and he's like pretty much like, 
dead set against it. Like, he's like, if I take this, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to be on the run my whole life. Like, and then what about, like, you? Like, I, like, you will grow old and I don't want to go through that. So she begs him and he says, I'll think about it. Um, and then he is hanged uh, in the grass market the next morning at 10 o'clock. Damn. They said there had never been a bigger crowd for a public hanging. <laughs> His body was bought and taken to the university teaching hospital. <laughs> but they didn't say if it stayed there. So we are under the impression that... um. That he either died or he didn't. Uh, (laughs) They're not quite sure. And, but she does get a, um, I think it's like a couple years later. uh, That she gets the letter and it says, my beating heart is still yours and I'll be waiting for you. So, he did take it, we think. <laughs> mm. it's a, it's so, it's like an ambiguous ending. <laughs> you don't know what exactly happens if they... Yeah, you don't know what exactly happens. She con- like She's continuing with her medical practice. Um, Beecham's gone. Uh, like, it seems like he's won, but uh, there is going to be another book. Um mm. And I'm I'm excited to read it, but this book took me by surprise. Um, I because I had an idea of it, and then it completely changed it on me. Like the whole sci-fi fantasy part, like really took me off guard. I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting that. Um, mm-hmm. So highly recommend for anyone who is looking for a darker type thing um i wouldn't say romance is its strongest point Mm. um towards the end i did start to like it a little bit better i did think it was sweet um but for me that it's hazel what she wants in the world uh that really won me over for the book uh i think i gave this like a four out of five stars so oh uh good rating yeah so highly recommend it's a gorgeous cover it has a girl it is a gorgeous right it has a girl with her dress like you're looking down like on top of the girl and her dress is flared out to make it look like a heart and the sequel has the same thing only instead of a heart it looks like a brain (gasps) really yeah oh my god like whoever designed these covers was like chef's kiss <laughs> I gotta look this up. So yes, that is anatomy, a love oh, story. Right? That is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I like the sequel one a lot more, but they're still both very right. beautiful. Uh wow. Yes. And it is a Reese's book club book as well. So if you guys trust that. Reese <laughs> uh if you don't trust me, <laughs> trust Reese Witherspoon. Uh, but yeah, I uh, highly 100%. recommend it. I would trust her with my life. <laughs> <laughs> Anatomy, a love story by Dana Schwartz. Uh, go out and buy it. 
That honestly, like hearing your summary, that sounds cool. Mm-hmm. I feel like I probably I don't know if I want to read it just because of like the romance part. But like everything else sounds chill. Like what you said, mm-hmm. like they're Hazel's weird. Everything I don't know. That sounds cool. Yeah, it's a great. But I, I enjoy. Am I checking it? out? I recommend I might. it. That's I a maybe. It. Okay. It's okay. A, <laughs> <laughs> all right well this has been book cord i'm megan and i'm denise you can find us on social with apple cord pod on instagram and yeah and and yeah this has been our um part of our story time uh episode series yeah. our story time series next up is Denise. which i've been having fun with yeah so i get december which is gonna be interesting because of like how that's usually like a holiday fun vibe yeah i don't think <laughs> i'll let you know that right now i'm not gonna do a fun <laughs> fun your definition of fun and my definition will be very, very different, different. <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, so I'm excited to see what I bring for December's episode. <laughs> Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. <laughs> uh, and yeah, this has been Book Cord Pod. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Adios.